Thank you for supporting the media outreach of New Covenant Christian Ministries. Through the powerful preaching and teaching of Pastor Bill and Dr. Deanne Johnson, family relations are being restored. The wayward are returning to God. And together, we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Join us now for a message that will strengthen you in your faith and encourage you to be all that God has designed you to be. So I just want to give you a little background. Today at 1130, we're going to be honoring our graduates. And so when I asked about what was the theme for today, pastor said, you know, let's kind of keep it along the lines of, you know, next steps, moving forward, promotion, that kind of thing. And so I was like, okay, Lord, well, what are we going to do? And so he started kind of dealing with me about some stuff. And I started thinking about life and how sometimes we can have our plan and our thought about how life should go and what we think we should be and started thinking about, you know, questions that we ask, especially around graduation time. But if you didn't graduate, I don't want you to check out because I'm t- I promise you it's going to hit you too. The thing that came to me was, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be when you grow up? If you ask any child, what do they want to be when they grow up? You know, when we were little, people used to say, you know, I want to be a doctor. Want to be a lawyer, want to be a fireman, want to be a policeman. You know, you start asking kids nowadays, I want to be a rapper, I want to be a, <laughs> want to be a football player, I want to be a basketball player, you know, I want to be president, something. You know, whatever it is. But some of us, we might be 45 years old, we still don't know what we want to be when we grow up. Some of us might be 67 years old, we still don't know what we want to be when we grow up. Some of us might even be 86 years old. And we don't know what we want to be when we grow up. And so I started thinking about that. Why? Why don't we know what we want to be? Could it be because we haven't asked the right person what we should be? Could it be that I had in my mind what I thought I should be, what I thought I wanted to do, and I said about my life going after my plan, and I didn't look to God for his plan? So I want to talk about some of that today. So even if you had a plan and everything worked out the way you, you know, started kind of working out the way, you you know, you said you wanted to be a doctor and you looked up and, you know, you got your MD or you said you wanted to be attorney and, you know, you balling like Elder T right here. You, you, uh, you know, Teresa Gilstrap Esquire, you know, whatever, you know, whatever it could be. And that's good if, if it worked out good. But I can guarantee you no matter what it is you plan to do, something in life didn't go exactly according to plan. Something in life is not exactly the way you thought it would be. Something in life, there's something that's not ideal. You don't have the ideal house. It may not be the ideal job or position. It might not be the ideal title. Your finances might not be ideal. Maybe you did just graduate. You didn't get the test scores you wanted. Maybe you didn't get accepted into the school that you wanted. Maybe you didn't get the scholarship that you wanted. Something in life is going to throw you a curveball, and something's not going to line up the way that you thought it would. And when all of those things start stacking up, it's time for you to go to the master to get the plan. You agree? So when we start looking at all of that, let's start looking and see at some things that happens. Might be in a position. I might have a good job. I might have it going on. I might look like money. 
I might have power, I might have respect, I might have accolades, but then there's still something on the inside. I'm still unfulfilled. There's still something on the inside because there's a greater purpose for my life. So even if I have all of that, I still need to go to the master to get the plan. No matter what it is, or maybe I'm at a place where, you know, I'm just like, uh, I'm okay. You know, I, I, I drive, my house is nice enough, my car is nice enough, my job, everything is all right. And I've settled for mediocrity in life. Guess what? God did not call you to mediocrity. It's time to go to the master to get the plan. So no matter where you fall in the spectrum, the message is for everybody. We got to ask the question, God, what are my next steps? How do I move from this place? Whether I'm unfulfilled, whether I'm at a place of mediocrity, whether I'm at a place of confusion, whether I'm at a place of doubt, a place of uncertainty, a place of just complacency. God, what's the master plan? So I'm going to give you just three steps. It's real easy. I'm a marketing major. Anybody ever majored in marketing? I'm going to hit you with the P's. Y'all, anybody ever majored in marketing? They know when the first day of marketing 101, they hit you with five P's. Today I'm going to give you three. Three P's. The first one is pray. Pray. You can't move forward in God without prayer. You can't do anything for God without prayer. I couldn't even get up here today without prayer. I'm telling you, we just finished this wonderful series on prayer. I'm not going to go back and re-preach everything that's been preached. I promise it's enough preaching. You can go back and listen to all of the CDs and all of the, uh, the recordings. But I'm telling you, there's a time when you're going to have to go and say, God, I don't know what you want me to do. It's called a surrendered will. I'm going to have to pray. I'm going to have to say, God, I need your help. God, I've been trying to do it on my own. So let's look at Philippians 4 in verse 6. I'll give you time to turn to it. I got my Bible up here. I don't want y'all to get discouraged. I'm not turning a lot of pages because I type out the scriptures in my notes. So I don't want y'all to think I'm up here just tripping, Okay. Philippians 4, 6. I'm going to read from several different versions. I'll let you know which version I'm reading from. This comes from the New Living Translations. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. So if you come to that place of confusion or disillusionment about what the next step is, where you're going in life, what the master plan is from your life, what the greater purpose is, what it's going to take to be fulfilled, you go to God in prayer. Don't worry about it. Pray about it. Don't come to the place where it's like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm so confused. I didn't get into the school I wanted to get in. I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, my job is tripping. I don't know what I'm going to do. No, that's not the point that God has us at. We're in relationship with Christ Jesus. We don't stand in a place of worry. We stand in a place of prayer. We have a father that we can go to and we can present our request to him. We don't ever have to be in a place of fear or trepidation. We don't ever have to be in a place of worry or doubt. We can go to our father and we can tell him what we need. God, I need your guidance. God, I need your direction. God, I need your help. Don't worry. Talk to God. If you don't know what you want to be when you grow up, ask him. <laughs> if you do know 
what you want to be when you grow up, you still need to talk to him. <laughs> Either way, you're going to have to pray. You're going at some point in your life, really, tell the truth about it, at every point in your life, you're going to have to seek the counsel of the Most High God. His counsel is the only counsel that matters. His counsel is the counsel that will stand forever. So we got to seek God. So you got to pray. Then the, the second part says, tell God what you need. Now, understand that this is not blasting out demands. This is not, look, I need you to give me a job that pays X dollars, and I need these benefits, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and I need it by Friday at 5 o'clock. Who do you think you are? You are speaking with almighty God. I need you to get some holy reverence about yourself. <laughs> okay? This is humbly coming to the most high God and saying, God, God, you already know what I have need of. I know what I want. but you know what I need. See, that's grown folk prayer right there. That's real prayer where you go in and you're like, God, I humbly submit to your will. What is it that you desire of my life? You go and you ask him for his direction. You ask him for wisdom. In James 1 and 5, it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. And then he'll give it to you liberally. He'll give it to you generously, one translation says. And he won't be tripping because you asked him for wisdom. He will not judge you. Some of us are so prideful that we don't want to go to God and say we don't know what we're doing. So we'll go along on our own path, seeking our own way, caring about our own business, knowing that we're going to go, getting ready to go off a cliff because we're too prideful to ask God Almighty, who knows all things anyway, for wisdom. Come on. That doesn't even make sense, right? In the grand scheme of things, like, just step back for a second. Does that make sense? God will give you the wisdom. He'll give you the answers that you need. He's not going to judge you. He's not going to criticize you. Instead, you know what his answer is? You ask him for wisdom, he'll pour it out on you. Imagine that. Solomon, as a king, God said, what do you want? He said, give me wisdom so that I can rule your people. And God poured it out on him to he's the wisest man that ever lived. Not just in his time, but in our time too. Ever. God will pour out wisdom on you if you would just ask him. So why don't we ask? We're praying. We're praying. God will give it to us. We're not going to worry. We're going to tell him what we need. This is all part of our prayer. going to ask him. I have a question for you. Who better to ask what to do with your life than the one who ordained your life in the first place? He is the author. He is the perfecter. He is the completer of your life. 
So who better to ask? Joy, may I use you as an example? Now, Joy is my best good friend in the whole wide world. We like Bubba and Forrest. We go way back. I can ask her a lot of things. And she's a wise woman. She can tell me a whole lot of things. And although she's just a little bit older than me, she did not ordain my life. In fact, she missed the first 30 years of my life. (laughs) So how can she tell me what to do with my life? Pastor Bill, very wise man. I love him. He's a good pastor. But I didn't meet him again until I was about 30 years old. He missed the first 30 years of my life. How can he tell me what to do with my life? But the one who was there before ever I was a thought in my father's mind or in my mother's mind is well able to tell me the purpose for which he created me. So I can go to him in prayer and let him pull out the plan. Is that all right? So I have another thing. Could it be? Some of us are stuck in some of those places that we talked about before, mediocrity. We're stuck in a place of complacency. We're stuck in a place of unfulfillment because instead of inquiring of the Lord, we've been trying to do it on our own or we've been seeking counsel from everybody else. I encourage you, go to God to get the plan for your life. We got to pray. Point number two, we're moving along. I tell you what, we're going, we going to the buffet today. <laughs> Smell them pancakes. Yes, Lord. So after we pray, we got a plan. Mm-hmm. Plan. I know I just cussed somebody out because somebody don't like to plan nothing. Like to fly by the seat of your pants, just willy-nilly everything, just let life happen. Can't just let life happen. God is a planner. God is a planner. We love to tell about the, the plan for redemption. We love to tell the story about how, you know, he looked down. He knew that Adam was going to sin, so the redemption plan was already in place. Jesus had already said, you know what, prepare me a body. I got this. We're going to go, we're going to go 42 generations. We got this. The plan was already in motion. But that's not the only plan. Look at Jeremiah 29 and 11. Because, see, we said we were going to pray. This is why we're praying for the plan from the master. Jeremiah 29, 11. Reading from the English Standard Version. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. Hold on. You mean God already had a plan for my life? Let's see. 
plans for welfare, that means good. So not only did he already had a wonderful plan for my life, it's a plan for good, not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. The King James Version said to bring me to an expected end. So if God already did that, then I don't have to figure it out myself. Wow. Why do so many of us spend so much time trying to figure it out on our own? How many years have we wasted trying to figure it out on our own, trying to do it in another way? He says, I know the plans that I have for you. Now, I've read in his word that his plan, his purpose will prevail. So if his stuff is going to prevail, then I might need to get on his plan. So I look around, every time I look around, my stuff is failing. <laughs> so I might want to get on his plan. His plan stands forever. It does not change. His word doesn't come back void. He knows the plan that he has for you. We don't, this baffles me. I look at this and I'm like, Lord, as intelligent. As the IQ test says that I am, I've been stupid. I graduated with all kinds of honors from every program I ever been in, but this right here, this says I don't have good sense. And I'm fearful that I'm not the only one that don't have good sense. Because God already has this wonderful plan to bring me to an expected end. See, God already planned my end from the beginning. Before ever one of my days was, he knew everything that he wanted for me. He knew everything that he wanted me to be. He saw who I was going to be before I was ever even formed. He knew that this day would come. He knew I'd be standing here preaching to you before I ever even knew I'd be a preacher. He knew all of this way, way, way long time ago. His plan was in motion. When I was going about doing my sin and wasn't thinking about God, he said, uh-huh, I know the plans I have for you. When my life was headed for certain destruction, when I wrapped my car around a pole at 22 years old, he held death back because he said, I know the plans I have for you. Because he's going to bring us to an expected end. So if God has plans, you and I have to get with his plan. And then he starts giving us plans because he has something that he wants us to fulfill. Yeah. 
As we pray, he downloads the plan. As we pray, he downloads the plan. And when he downloads the plan, we're supposed to do something about it. He's not just sharing his plan for us to have all this head knowledge. At this point, he wants us to do what Habakkuk 2.2 says. It's time to write the vision. That's part of your planning. It's time to write the vision. You can't just sit on that thing. Come on now. When he gives you that melody, Corey, you got to play it out. It's time to hit record. When he gives you those lyrics, Malachi, you got to write them down. Yeah, I called you. Sure did. Uh-huh. When he gives you the thoughts for the book, it's time to start jotting that stuff down. Sometimes you might be driving and you can't write it down, but most of us have a smartphone, and every smartphone has a record feature. You better hit record and start doing, that, doing some of this stuff and recording what God is saying because he is always speaking. He's always speaking. He's speaking to your future. He's speaking because there is an expected end. There's something that he wants to accomplish through your life and through my life, and he's not going to get it done if we're not listening to him. We have to get in line with his plan. So we pray, we get the plan. We pray, and we get the plan. We pray and we get the plan. Some people still don't want to. I, I, I feel some resistance in the room about their plan. I'll tell you something. I'll tell you how, how you like the plan. Give you an example. That's what, what he showed me. A wedding. Anybody ever been to a wedding? Anybody ever planned a wedding? All right. So average wedding plans. Planning starts at about 18 months. That's for a long engagement. If you're old as I am, when I finally get married, my wedding plan is going to be about six weeks. I'm telling y'all now, get ready, get ready, get ready. When the brother get ready, I'm like, brother, you better be ready to be, be on a fast track because we're going to pull out. You're going to walk across the water, and then we're going to go ahead and say I do. Um <laughs> But wedding planning usually takes a long time. You got to get the venue, got to get the dress, you got to get the caterer, you got to you know, get the photographer, you got to get the DJ, you got to get the reception hall, you got to get the church, you got to get the preacher, you got to go through counseling, you got to do all these. I wasn't going to leave out counseling, you weren't going to get me. You got to go through counseling. We're going to go under six-week counseling, we're going to go to fast track. We're going to go to six-week counseling. We're going to be at your house every evening. <laughs> but there's a lot of intricacies of, uh, in there. You know, you got to get tuxedo rentals. You got to get all your bridesmaids and your groomsmen and all of this. And you do all this 18 months, sometimes 12 months. You know, maybe some people can do it in six for a 20-minute ceremony. Am I right? Now, we can do all of that for a 20-minute ceremony. Can we spend some time in the presence of God and get the plan for our life? Because I believe most of us plan on living longer than 20 minutes. So we pray. We plan. 
And then we proceed. Now, I struggled with this last one because I was trying to find the right word. Because I was like, I don't know, Lord, but they might like participate better. He was like, I don't care what they like. <laughs> right. Proceed. Because the word proceed means to begin or continue a course of action. To begin a course of action. Because many of us, we okay with praying and planning. But it's that proceed that we, we can't work that thing out. Because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good with, yes, I can pray. Oh, yes, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. I'll pray all evening. And I'm a planner. Oh, yes, I'll plan. I'm, I'm an event planner. I can coordinate whatever. I can plan you, you know, all the way through. But then when it comes down to taking action, we don't like, we like to sit on our do nothing and do nothing. But God is a God of action. I'm going to show it to you in the Word because y'all don't believe me. Look at Proverbs 16, 3. New Living Translation, Proverbs 16, 3. Commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. Commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. <laughs> I looked at, I did a little bit, huh? Okay, I looked, at, I looked at that commit your actions part a little closer. And it, and it said, as I totally trust God and submit my actions to his will, my plans will succeed. I'll say it again for the note takers. As I totally trust God and submit my actions to his will, my plans will succeed. Let's find another verse. Because, you know, I know y'all precept upon precept people, line upon line, here a little and there a little. Proverbs 16, 9. Just down a few verses. You don't even have to flip the page. New American Standard. We're going to go over there. The mind of a man plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. So we got plans and steps here. The mind of a man plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. So for we had actions and plans. Now we got plans and steps. Let's go over to Psalm 37, 23. Go to the King James Version because I got to get the saved Bible in there. <laughs> the steps of a good man, Elder Walt quoted this earlier, are ordered of the Lord and he delighteth in his way. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. So we, from, we see from these scriptures that God expects us to move. His expectation is we pray, he downloads the plan, and then we do something with the plan. We see it. We see it. Proverbs 16, 3, action. Proverbs 16, 9, steps. Psalm 37, 23, steps. It seems to me that God doesn't want us to pray, plan, and sit. Proceed means do something. Do something in faith to move toward the goal. Do something in faith to move toward the goal. Every baby step is progress. But what I saw was it's like, it's like, okay, okay, I've prayed, I've planned, and now it's time to go. And it's like, <laughs> I can't move my leg. 
I need a runner, somebody who's, who's done track before. Give me a runner. Come on. Yes, you, Jackie, come on, because you're strong. And we're not going to have to pray your healing afterward. Okay, what you got on the skirt. So stay down here for me. All right, get in uh, on your mark. That's pray, on your mark. Set, that's playing. Now, stay at set when I say go. Pray is go, go. Stay at set. God said go. God said go. God said go. And she been there. Now it's two years later. She got the prayer. She got the plan. Now it's five years later. She got the prayer. She got the plan. Now here it is 10 years later. She's been like that so long, she think this is natural. Thank you, Jackie. She think it's natural. And that's where a lot of us are. We stuck. We think it's natural. We think it's natural that, oh, well, I got a plan. I got a good plan, but I haven't done anything to put it into motion. I haven't done anything. I haven't exercised my faith at all. I haven't done anything to tell God that I'm with him. I haven't done anything. But God, I got a plan. I'm going to tell y'all a story as we close. I promise it's going to tie it all together. I'm going to read it to you so I don't stray. I had to condense it. Growing up, I wanted to be a doctor. This is my story. During the latter part of the second semester of my senior year of high school, I started listening to people who told me that that tract was going to be so long and so hard. So I yielded to the pressure and went after another plan. After many twists and turns, I ended up with a Bachelor of Business Administration and Marketing, then a Master of Arts in Organizational Management. But the Lord's purpose will prevail. God saw Dr. Alpha Shawan James afar off. And in November 2016, he blessed me with a Doctor of Divinity degree, honoris causa. That means it's an honorary doctorate. With all the rights and privileges of an earned degree, I haven't said much about it because I know that church folks don't give it much credence. But I share it today because today I step up into his plan for my life. See, I saw doctor. He saw Reverend Doctor. And I tell you that there are others whose dreams he wants to resurrect. There are others whose plans that have been set in motion years and years ago, they have lain dormant because of complacency. And he's blowing the wind of the Holy Spirit in this place today.
It's a wind of change. It's going to resurrect some things in your life. He's going to breathe new life in here today. He's placed it in your heart. And as you yield to him in prayer and allow him to establish your plans and your actions, he's going to do a new thing in you. And I'm going to borrow this line from the Lion King. I say to you, new covenant, you are more than what you have become. You are more than what you have become. Rise up and be who God called you to be. Rise up from complacency. Rise up from mediocrity. Rise up and be the person that God has already anointed you to be. Rise up and live out the plan and the purpose of God on your life. Rise up in the name of Jesus. We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information on other products and materials, please contact us at 770-484-9300, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Or visit our website at www.newcov.org. If you're in the Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for one of our dynamic services. Once again, thank you for receiving the living word of God from New Covenant Christian Ministries, where we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ.